Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Game day here on 6.30. Chad Faceoff show goes at 4 o'clock. Pucks dropping with Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer 5.30 p.m. I'm Mark Spector filling in for Bob today. Bob taking just a little break, trying to get well down there in Tampa. A little bit of hot sun. I hope he's sitting by a pool or something like that. That always makes me feel healthier. Hey, I want you to text us at 6.30, 6.30. We'll have some room in the this back hour here now uh, to read a few texts on our Heartla- Heartland Fort text line. Brought to you by Heartland Ford out in Westlock. Think of all think all dealerships are the same. <laughs> think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford in Westlock. Just about to be joined here by Joe Smith from Tampa Bay uh, Athletics. Some guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Couple lineup changes for the orders tonight. A couple of unhealthy players uh, down in Tampa. Anytime you get the bolts and you don't have to face Victor Hedman, well, that's always a good thing uh, because he is well. He's a Norris Trophy guy every year on my ballot. Uh, and to speak to that, let's go down to Tampa. Get Joe Smith from the Athletic. How are you, Joe? Hey, Joe, you with us? Yeah, I'm there. Hey, how are you, man? Good, good. How about yourself? Good, good. Spec here up at 6.30. Chad, hey, listen, uh, I guess bring us up to speed. Now, let, now let's do this. You, being in the same division, you're around the Ottawa Senators. You've, you've seen, uh, you know, maybe not geographically, but certainly competitively close up uh, what's been going on there recently. Uh, this one's a little bit unfair. This is uh, getting heaped up, heaped on that organization and, you know, from a place that you would not expect. Uh, how do you think a beleaguered organization like the Senators is going to handle this latest Uber episode? Well, I mean, I, I think you saw that a little bit today. They kind of closed ranks and they, they brought out uh, some of the veteran leaders, none of which were the ones in the Uber or uh, were part of that thing. So they brought out guys who weren't involved in trying to they're bringing it close together and we're moving on and we're we handled it internally and uh i guess there's no good way to handle it other than kind of just try to like get it to move past the news cycle but um you know it's just if it weren't one thing after the other with that organization it would, wouldn't be this big of a deal but now that's just another layer with matthew shane being one who said it so uh we're just there on sunday the lighting beat them in overtime four to three after going back from behind there so uh, you know it's definitely an interesting thing i'm sure to cover there in ottawa and uh, lighting staying way back out of that one. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, that's not a lot of fun for anybody. Uh, let's go down to Tampa. Let's talk about the Bolts. Uh, Oilers, Tampa, tonight here on 630. Chad Puck drops at 530. Um, Tampa's going very good. They're first in the Atlantic Division. 
they're a 10-3-1 hockey team. Frankly, they stole one a little bit out of Ottawa the other night. Uh, I think they scored in the last minute with a goalie pulled, then got a goal in overtime to collect the victory. Uh, you know, to me, Joe, Tampa's a team that we know they're going to be good in the regular season. All that's really left for the Bolts is to accomplish what everyone's trying to do and win a Stanley Cup. Uh, but I guess you got to get there first, huh? they got to be fairly happy with what's going on this regular season thus far. I, I think so. I mean, it's so important, as you know, like in the sport, in this division, to, to get off to a good start. And no matter how they've done it, uh, they've done it without Sam Goose and Kutrop really heating up. Uh, they've done it with Victor Heaven missing the last week and a half and Andre Pilat as well. Um, they've done it without having really good starts to the game. I think they've given up the first goal in the last five games. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a team that can kind of outscore and, and out-talent, outskill some of their problems that they might have had. Um, and so to have Vasilevsky playing like the way he is, to have Ryan McDonough playing like a Norris Trophy candidate this year, and uh, guys like Yanni Gord and Brayden Point, you know, continuing to become stars, you know, they're finding a way to win, and that's a mark of a good team, especially come playoff time. Yeah, Yanni Gord, uh, he just signs a six-year, $31 million deal the other day. Uh, this is a guy that kicked around the minors for a long time. He was a San Jose prospect. You know, he kind of reminds me, I don't know if he'll ever, I don't think he's walk, He's getting in the Hall of Fame anytime soon, uh, like Martin Saint-Louis. But he kind of, because it's Tampa, and because he was such a journeyman, Yanni Gord, and because now he's been realized as a star player, he's making over $5 million a year, is it fair to kind of, talk about him as sort of a modern day Martin San Louis just because of the route he took to get here, Joe? Well, I think a little bit. I actually talked to Marty San Louis for a story today on The Athletic about Yanni Gord, and, and he said he reminds me a little bit of, of himself, you know, in terms of like having to be, prove every level that you deserve to be there, an undersized guy from Quebec, and um, you know, it, it is a, a kind of interesting parallel because the Lightning do take their chances on some of the smaller undrafted players, like Tyler Johnson, for example, Yanni yep. uh, Gordon, and now Danny Martell. So I, I think Hall of Fame is a, a long ways away for, for this stretch, but I think in terms of determination, the way they play, they kind of find a way from being an energy guy to a skilled guy, too. I think, you know, even Marty sees some parallels there, and now he has his first life-changing contract just to, to play with. Yeah, there you go. And and if you, you know, Corey Conacher fits in as a little guy they took a chance on. Uh, only one game played this year. Uh, and who's the other kid? The Esposito kid. Didn't they have a have him for a while? Who's that? I'm sorry? The Esposito. Esp- what was his first name? Esposito. Uh, highly drafted. Never panned out. I think Tampa took a chance on him. But um, it'll come to me. One of our texters will get me that first name right away. Uh, the point being that this is an organization that thinks outside the box, right? The the Tampa Bay's have always been a team that that they don't just do things like everyone else does things. And and I'll say this to you, Joe, uh, of all of Gary Bettman's uh, Sun Belt expansion clubs, you know I'm going to count Sa- San Jose as being a real good one. But uh, no one's had more success in putting down roots in a Sun Belt town than the Tampa Bay Lightning have. Is that fair? It is, it is, and I think it credit a lot of it. You know, first of all, that's the for for getting the team to Tampa as it is. But for Jeff Benick, it really kind of, you know, reinvigorated the franchise when it, the brand was pretty much dead in 2010. And they've had 185 consecutive sellouts at Emily Arena. They've been to the conference final three in the last four years, and you know, hiring a guy like Steve Eisman to really kind of get the credibility back in the organization, and now handing that baton to Julian Breezeball. So they have a group full of stars on this team, and they're built. You know financially to be successful and depth-wise in the system for a long time. And, and you, there's no wonder why, you know, I think we reported the other day that they're like they heading over to Sweden next year for a Global Series game. That kind of speaks to how big the brand is with the Lightning. So, um, you know, 
so far so good, and they're hoping to build a little bit further off that. All right, we're joined by Joe Smith from the uh, Athletic down in Tampa. Uh, of course, when you do a radio show in Edmonton, Joe, what you get are a bunch of listeners who know as much or more about hockey than you do. Uh, Angelo <laughs> Esposito was the guy. And another texter says, don't forget Jonathan Marchessault. Um, oh, yeah. They had him, a little guy they took a chance on, who, <laughs> in fact, a little Quebecer they took a chance on uh, that panned out pretty well. So... Uh, that's Gore's workout partner in the offseason, too. They trained together in the offseason. Yeah, well, there you so go. Then. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, I, you'd love to see these guys. Uh, heck, I, I was covering the orders when when um, Brian Sutter stopped playing Martin Saint-Louis in uh, Calgary and said, no, we're done with this guy. He went through waivers. Nobody wanted him. Everybody expansion could. Expansion draft, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, went through the expansion draft. No one wanted him. So there you go. Uh, it's a good story. Tell me about this. Um does the arrival of Connor McDavid in Tampa, is there any kind of splash? Is there any, you know, do people are people talking about that? Is there one chance a year to see, you know, a star player? Does it make a ripple down there, my friend? Uh, I think it does. I mean, you know, the games I've covered down here, like, you definitely see, you know, the talk around town of the fans. Like, they, they have the, the true hockey fans, the ones that follow the team, are, are really excited to see one of the bona fide superstars. I'll be the one of the best player. I'll be the best player in the league, and um, you know it's one of those things where you you want to kind of you know you know see them in person. Like you know, you look back in the day, you wanted to see Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan in person and see him live. And as you know, as I covered him so long, it's it's a whole different feel watching a person live and down close to the ice than it is watching on TV. You don't get a true respect for how fast these guys, especially them. So um, I think Jack Cooper said it best today when I thought having the, the last change of matchup he doesn't. Connor McDavid, this is a word is unmatchable as far as having guys to, to play against him, so it should be a fun one tonight. All right, Joe, one last uh, question for you on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you know, we kind of hit the second quadrant almost. I always feel like 15 games, like every team says, hey, we need a good start. We want to have a good start. And you get through the 10 or 15-ish, and now we're into November, and the league's about to sort of hit that second gear. Maybe it's just me talking, but I always feel like come November, we stop talking about starts now, right? We're into 15 games. Tampa Bay Lightning are 10-3-1. They're they went five one and one on the road uh, through their first fourteen. They're five and two at home. Everything's good, right? Seven two one in their last ten. They won two in a row. Uh, I guess my question to you is: You're not going to play at that winning percentage all season. It's going to fall off a little bit. Do you see any signs? Uh, I guess uh, from an Oilers perspective, the Oilers have these guys at a point where maybe that hot start is starting to come to an end. Well, I mean, I, I think if you look. You know, they've been kind of playing with fire in the last four or five games and falling behind 2 nothing, one nothing. Uh, waiting, you know, I guess uh, arriving to the game 10 minutes late as opposed to 10 minutes early. So right. I think, you know, they're finding ways to win. Those that Ultimately, they won't be able to do that every game, and there might be a losing streak here and there because of that. But I think overall, uh, some of all their parts, of they, they have guys that can kind of find a way to, like what does heck of a play he made the other night to kind of save the game there and, and took the puck and go back to Braden Point for the win. So they have game-changing players. When you have those game-changing players, you can make up for some of the awards you have. But, yeah, I think you're right. They'll, they'll hit a wall here. They might be losing street, but uh, they have a veteran group that's been there and done that that they feel they can kind of get out of those kind of slumps during the season. Oh, yeah. It's a real good team, and they're going to keep you working uh, well into May for <laughs> sure, Joe. So, hey, listen, thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now. No problem. We'll see you in uh, late December. All right. Sounds good, man. That's Joe Smith coming at you out of Tampa in The Athletic. Of course, everyone knows how to subscribe to that. You can read it. Uh, Many of their fine writers from all over the hockey world. 
All right, it's just closing in on 117. Let's take a little break here on Oilers Now. Uh, we'll come back, talk a little more hockey with you. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Spectre here behind the microphone, sitting in for Bob Stoffers down in Tampa Bay. He'll be on the radio tonight, don't worry. Take a little break, trying to get healthy today, that's all. What do you call that, a maintenance day? Brendan, I think this is a maintenance day for Bob Stoffer. is that fair? <laughs> what better place to have that than in Tampa, Florida? I mean, come on. Yeah, right. How come he never takes a maintenance day when the team's in Winnipeg? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, he genuinely sounded ill yesterday. I wouldn't even yeah. joke about that. He was he, no. he needed the time, and you know, with the Oilers' schedule, he hasn't had a lot of it. So. He's listening to us right now, reeling in some marlin in a fishing boat, him and Jack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if Jack was on a boat, he didn't sound like it earlier. No, no. He got the guy to turn the engines off, that's all. Let's just hope it's not like one of those Minnesota Viking boats, that's all. Hey, let's go... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the Heartland Ford text sign. That's Heartland Ford in Westlock. Let's uh, a couple of your texts been coming in, and I want to talk about the goaltending. So let's read a couple texts, and then we're going to dive in on this one a little bit, huh? Uh, here comes a text out of Provost. The Athletic just had a piece on goaltending, and Talbot ranks 23rd. If you're 23rd, your team isn't making the playoffs. I'm not sure about that. Talbot sunk this team two out of three years, and he is doing nothing this year to grab the net. Let's roll with Koskinen and maybe find an actual number one tender because Talbot has proven that he is not. This reminds me of Regina, where the most popular guy in town is always the number two quarterback. (laughs) Isn't that right? Yeah, no no doubt on that. It's a frustrating complex to have to see right now, but, I mean, there's no harm in riding the hot hand for a little bit either. Uh, this one coming in from Darcy in Edmonton. One would logically assume Shirelli had foreseen all along that Koskinen might possibly surpass Talbot. That is somewhat now coming to fruition, and it will allow him more leverage when renegotiating new contracts. That's uh, Talbot's contracts up at the end of this season. Um, Shirelli can't be so naive as to not be aware that backup goalies are usually not awarded what he gave to Koskinen. That's from Darcy. So what he's trying to say here is when you bring a goalie in and you pay him $2.5 million on a one-year deal, you give him a no-movement clause. Uh, hasn't played in the NHL in most of 10 years. He's got four NHL games under his belt. That defines Koskinen. We all, and I'll put my hand up here, we all looked at that signing uh, and said of Shirelli, oh boy, you better be sure of this guy. Right, backup goalies don't make two and a half million bucks. That's too much. Backup goalies in a proper salary structure should be making about a million bucks. So okay, so Koskinen is getting two point five. Uh, we didn't know anything about him. Right, this was this was Peter Chiarelli taking a chance on a guy. And I'm going to say when you take that kind of chance at that level of salary, what you're saying is I think I'm paraphrasing. Peter Chiarelli, but what you're saying is, I think we got a guy who's not just a backup. He's not just a 20-game guy. I think we got a guy that can press our starter, that can A, push our starter to be better in Cam Talbot, and B, maybe by the end of the season, make us think twice about 
you know, Cam Talbot's in that range where if he has a real good season and he has great numbers and he takes you a couple rounds, he's going to want, you know, his salary's going to have to start with, you tell me, Brandon, maybe like five next year. And, and the they, mid- they don't have, they can't afford that. That's just, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. So, and listen, any good general manager is getting his salary structure in line. So I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe you say to yourself, look, we're going to pay the backup too much this year, but it's going to allow us to have a better goaltender salary structure down the road. Now, that all makes sense. You know, and if, if Koskinen is that good, I'm going to take my hat off to Pete Chiarelli and say, hey, you found a guy here, right? Didn't draft him. Pulled him out of nowhere, man, because lots of guys in the K have great numbers like Koskinen did, right? We've seen them all the time, Brendan. That doesn't always translate to being a good NHL goalie. Remember the monster in Toronto there you go. quite a few years ago? Yeah, yeah prime example. Right? Yeah, he came here. He, he was one of those guys who was the best goaltender not in the NHL. Um, and he came here and he was okay, you know. And then Antti Ranta is another one of those guys. He was the best goalie not in the NHL. He's okay. He's finally finding maybe he's probably having his best time right now in Arizona, but I mean, he's been through like three teams. Uh, he was not an immediate uh, type of savior. And, you know, Koskinen is your small sample size here. We've got three games. So I'm not telling you that, that my hat is not off to Peter Chiarelli yet. I see what he's doing here, and I'm wishing him well, and I love what I see in Koskinen in three games, but it's only three games. So it's still too early, in your opinion, to justify two and a half million dollars on that. Uh, you know, if again, if he can listen, if he becomes your starter and you outbid other guys and you get him, and and all of a sudden he's a you got a 50-50 situation with Talbot, then I'm going to say great job. Yeah, I'm going to say great job. Earlier in the preseason, when we weren't sure if Koskinen could play, I won't lie to you. I'm thinking not great job. So hey, that's what it's like being an NHL GM. The proof's in the, you know, the proof is in your roster. Right? We can all predict and we can all say, oh, I don't like how this is going to go and I, I don't think that'll go well. You can say all that stuff. That's what they pay us for here on radio. But when Koskinen finishes the season and if he can keep something around this 935, then we're going to have to make an assessment on how good a job the GM did. If it's up around 920, 925, I'm going to say the GM did a good job on this one. Um, let's talk about Milan Lucic a little bit because our First of all, uh, this one comes in from Saskatoon. Uh, a spec Quenville. Do the Oilers make a splash and go after him? Or do you let Florida sign him? Todd is good. Oilers playing great and all. Yeah, this isn't, you know, no. This, this Quenville's not coming here. Brendan? I don't think so either. I don't, you don't need to rush because there's something, uh, you know, the grass might be greener on the market. Quenville's 60 years old. There's not even a 100% guarantee he wants to continue coaching. You know, I don't know what the typical lifespan of a coach is, but he's been around the block a while. But don't forget, I mean, besides Mike Babcock, he was the second highest paid coach in the league. So the price tag for him, if everyone's worried about, you know, spending all this money and what have you, that's not going to happen here. No, that's fair, right? And listen, uh, Todd McClellan's got the team going good. Anyone complaining about this start? I mean, they're they're in fabulous shape considering their first 10 games of their schedule, by far their toughest 10 games of the year. Uh, they're in excellent shape. They're playing a solid brand of hockey. They're keeping the puck out of their net on most nights to the tune that you have to uh, to have some success in the league. So uh, very, I mean, there's just absolutely no reason to even be talking about replacing a coach here at this point. It's foolishness in my opinion. All right, we've got 127. 
here on a Tuesday afternoon Edmonton at game day. Puck drops at 5.30, face-off show goes at 4. Let's take a news break now. 6.30, Chet Global Newsroom and Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad.